Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Well, it's an honor to be with you today. Like my wife said, if you're new to Authentic, my name is Jeff. Her name is Fawn, and uh, we are the founding pastors of Authentic Church And uh, we're just so glad to have you in the house. There's something special about coming together and making a priority to come into the house of God every single week. And actually, the early church wouldn't just wait to meet on the Sabbath. They would actually meet every day of the week. There was something going on somewhere. They were meeting from house to house or like us here in Southern California. We're meeting at the beach. We're hanging out. We're doing different things. We're praying. We're breaking bread together. And it's just so cool when we get together on on our Sundays and all of us join together, our faith together, our worship together. And it's so beautiful when God shows up. And I think some of you, if you're, if you're new to Authentic Church or maybe you're new to a church environment like this, the feeling that you feel right now, this feeling of peace, you feel that peace because the Prince of Peace is in the room and his name is Jesus. And you can feel a change in the atmosphere and it's not like Holy Spirit goosebumps. No, there is a real God. And when Jesus took his place at the right hand of the Father, then the Holy Spirit was released to take his place in the life of the believers. And so the Holy Spirit's job is to help lead us into encounters with God. That's like what Fawn said. Our vision here at Authentic Church is that every single person encounters God, discovers community, and fulfills the call of God on in our life. Why is God, encountering God so important? Because if it's just up here and you never have a heart encounter, if you never really truly have an encounter with God, it's just going to be a mental thing, but you didn't have that experiential piece, right? You need to have that burning bush type of experience that sets you on fire for the things of him, and that happens through the Holy Spirit. So that's why here at Authentic Church, we really do value the presence of God. We like to say it this way, we're a presence-driven church. We're not run by the programs or performance or personalities of men. We're run by the presence of God. And oftentimes we just, we'll just say, all right, Holy Spirit, let's go. And it's presence over performance, and we're just leaning in, saying, God, what do you want to do? We don't just want to like give you some space in our service. No, we want to give you the service. So do whatever you want to do. Take over it, switch, turn, change things around, sing that chorus again, throw that song out, throw this song in, say this, don't say this. We just want to follow after the presence of God. And God is so good and kind that when we do that, when we lean into him, as James 4.8 says, when we draw near to God, he draws near to us. And what you might sense here this morning is as you you've drawn near to God, you felt him draw near to you. And that's the Holy Spirit. And so I just want to welcome you here. We're in uh, part six of a series that we've been going through that we titled Jesus People. And it's all about, we're just taking a look at moments and miracles where Jesus encountered people and, and people encountered God. And, and during this time, we, we've unpacked a number of things. Um, all, the, all the sermons are up there on the, on the website. And um, in one of, the, one of the areas that we've looked at is some of the miracle moments. And today, our focus is we're going to take a look at, at healing, and we're going to pray and believe for miracles in this service. And it's just not a one-time thing. I know, like Fawn said, it's like, hey, yeah, we, we've, we've you know, kind of pushed this as a healing service, per se, and encouraged people to come. If you need a healing, come. But the fact of the matter is, anytime that you gather with another believer, the healer is there. Anytime that you come together and pray, you can experience that healing. We're just designating a time, and it's not like this is the only Sunday all year long that we're going to pray for healing, okay? Every single Sunday at Authentic Church, 
part of our, our, our kind of um, way that we run is we always end the service with a time just to respond to whatever God may be putting on your heart. And so we open up the altars up here. Uh, we have communion on the sides. If anybody wants to take communion and have a moment with God, and we just want to encourage that and foster that, and we always, at the end of our service, we'll always have prayer team up front just so you can join with somebody else in prayer. Sometimes it's, hey, I'm going back to college. I just want prayer for this next season of my life. Uh, sometimes it's, hey, we're praying and believing uh, for a baby. Could you pray for us that we would be able to conceive? Sometimes it's a situation where it's like, hey, financially, we're going through it. And man, you know, I lost my job. We really need to see God do a miracle. Whatever it may be, God, he's the provider. He's the healer, right? And so we lean into that. And so I just want you to know, if you ever need prayer, Please don't be shy. The worst thing you can do is come to an atmosphere of faith at a church like this and receive and receive, but yet walk away not getting the prayer that you needed. And so I just want to encourage you today. We're going to have a time for today's uh, sermon. We're going to rip through a bunch of scriptures. Uh, I had 120, uh, over 120 scriptures when I began uh, to pare down my message. <laughs> and if any of you have ever taught or communicated, you know that a lot gets left on the cutting room floor. And uh, so I've pared it down. There's not 120, um, but there's a lot of good scriptures that we're going to go through for you. Um, but Jesus uh, is, is our, is, he's our focus. He's our example. Jesus wasn't just a good man. Jesus was the God man. And uh, secular and sacred uh, historians alike, they agree that there really was a man named Jesus who ministered throughout an area of Israel, the, primarily in the Galilee region, this big, beautiful lake that's up there. It's huge. And, and that, that population around the lake at that time was about a quarter of a million people. So he made his way going from town to town, and then from time to time, he would head down and make the trek down to Jerusalem, and he would spend time in Jerusalem, and then he'd head back up, and he'd go and minister primarily up in the Galilee region. And, and all throughout, everywhere Jesus went, literally, towns would empty out to see the miracles. And it said in, in, in John 2.23, it's not on the screen, but John 2.23 talks about how people believed because of the miracles. That Jesus used the miracles as a bit of a, a hook, so to speak, to get their attention. And, and in our culture, we're drawn to the shiny things. We're drawn to the new thing. We're drawn to the next thing. Well, that's not something that we're facing in just 2022. That goes back to the dawn of time. People, people came and they saw, you know, kids would come up and they'd just be wowed watching the healer minister and there would be healings. Like, that would just blow their minds. And they would, they would love just to follow Jesus around. And so towns would be emptied out. Jesus would rock up onto the scene, and he, would, he had a simple message. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is here. And then as he, as he would share that, then he would teach some. He would preach, teach, and then heal. Preach, teach, and then heal. Preach, teach, and then heal. And some of you today, as I'm sharing these words, there's going to be faith that's going to get stirred up inside of you to believe God for a healing again in your life. And miracles happen here at Authentic Church. Like, there's been so many healings that have taken place here. Like, it just blows my mind. Like, it's an everyday occurrence now. And it's so fun to hear when somebody says, oh, I prayed for this person and that happened. Oh, I prayed for this and this happened. Or I was at this place or I was at a workplace or I went to barbecue and, and I prayed for this person to be healed. And then they came back and they told me they were healed. Like, that's happening more and more. And that's not because of any one person. It's the power of the Holy Spirit at work in and through you that's healing people. Amen. Acts 4.12 says this about Jesus. It says, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. 
Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Romans 10.17 says this, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So we're going to have a bunch of scriptures, and as we share these scriptures, I'm telling you what's going to happen. Your faith is going to grow. I have faith for certain things of my life because I've meditated a lot on the scriptures and I know what is written so I can stand on what is written and apply that to my situation and you can do the same for you. Let's pray and then let's dive into the word of God today, amen. I feel like I'm, I'm just like ready to get shot out of a cannon after, after that worship time. So, all right, let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. I thank you that it is life. God, I thank you that, that you're a, a good God, that you're so kind and loving and gracious, and oh so patient. <laughs> and God, you can cut through our thoughts, you can cut right to our heart, and you can speak to us. I thank you, Lord, that you have the power to heal areas in our lives that medicine cannot get to. You have the power to do things that we can't comprehend or understand or explain. And Lord, we're just asking you, as the miracle-working God that you are, to do a miracle in our lives today. Thank you for eyes to see something in the scriptures we never saw before, to receive revelation. God, that we wouldn't resist you, that we wouldn't push you away. I pray that we would have hearts that would be open to receive whatever it is that you want us to receive today. Thank you for that one thing that you have for us today, Jesus. Thank you for that one revelation, that one touch, that one word, that one healing. And we thank you, Lord God, and we praise you. Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, let me begin today with a question. Do you believe that it's God's will for everybody in the whole world to be saved? Do you believe that? That's a big piece. Some people actually, they don't believe that. And it's just poor theology. My question would be, why do you believe that? We talked about it last week, right? What did we talk about last week? It is written, right? So it is written. We believe that it is God's will to heal all. Why do we believe that? Because the word says so. 1 Timothy 2, 4 says this. God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God desires that. Does that mean it's gonna happen? No, why not? Because some people will resist the truth, right? They'll resist him. Some people look at the truth as hate speech because they hate the truth. God wants to bring truth into your life. Jesus is Savior. He is Lord. He really was who he said he was. He really did what we read about him doing, and he still does those things that we read about that he did do, he's still doing today. Check this out in Titus 2.11. It says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all pe people. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all people. Now that, that word salvation, when you take a look at it, it's soteria in the Greek. It's actually in the New Testament 45 times throughout the New Testament. You'll see salvation. If you look it up in a Strong's Concordance, it's going to translate it to soteria. What does that mean? It actually means more than just the saving of your soul. It means salvation, yes, but it also means healing and deliverance. So another way that you could read Titus 2.11 is, for the grace of God that brings salvation, healing, and deliverance has appeared to all people. 
Okay, so salvation has appeared to all people. Healing has appeared to all people. Deliverance has appeared to all people. Now it's up for us to accept that and to receive it in our lives. So today, when you walked in, hopefully you were given one of these. This is uh, what we call our healing rhema card. We just created it actually for this service. And, and I pray that this would be uh, a weapon as you fight for whatever healing that you need in your life. And on the front there, there's a bunch of uh, scriptures. It's called the Healing Rhema card. If you're not familiar with that fancy, ter- that fancy term, Rhema. Uh, rhema, actually, so when you read the Word of God, that's the Logos, the written Word of God, right? That's where you get theology from. And so the Logos, you read the Logos to get the Rhema. The Rhema is the spoken word that applies to your life, your situation, whatever you're going through, etc. So we read the Bible, not just to check off a Bible reading plan. We read the Bible to encounter God. And when we're reading the Word of God, then suddenly that applies to your life. It's like I could read Proverbs 16 all day long, and then one day when I'm praying about accepting a certain job, Proverbs 16 suddenly stands out, and it looks different to me than it normally does because it says to seek wisdom over riches every day of the week. And so I, at that moment, I received a rhema that applied to what I was looking at and accepted a job that was worth less money but gave me greater wisdom in an area that I needed to grow in, okay? And so you read the Word of God, the Logos, until you get the rhema for you. So on one side, you have a bunch of these healing scriptures. This is what the Word of God says, okay? And then on the back side, there's all these faith declarations. And I want to encourage you, if you need a healing, you're going to declare these things over your life today. Now, this is, this is for healing. This can apply this same principle. This same principle applies to your life in, in the world of relationship. It applies to your finances. It, it applies to raising kids, all right? The word of God applies to every life situation that you will ever come uh, against. And, and, and he, you, when you apply the word of God, that's when you see breakthrough. It's not just, well, I think this or my opinion is this. No, don't listen to that person. Go to the word of God. What does the word of God say? Okay. And anytime that you go get counsel and wisdom is found in a multitude of counselors, anytime you go get, wis- get wisdom from a multitude of counselors, see what the word of God says about the counsel that they're giving. If they're a godly counselor, they'll give you the word of God. If they're wise, they're gonna give you, here, let me give you some scriptures. You go pray on it. You see how this applies to your life. So I hope this will be a, a great gift to you. And, uh, and we have tons of copies of this, by the way, at the Connect table today. So if you want more, you wanna give it away to some friends, we printed a ton so that you can do that. And that's our gift to you today. And, uh, and this is the healing card. We're actually gonna use this in our declarations at the end of the service today. Acts 10.38, we get a look at Jesus. It says this, it says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And then Jesus went around doing what? Doing good and healing some who are under the power of the devil? No, healing all who are under the power of the devil because God was with him. So in Matthew 10, we're gonna jump to the next scripture. Matthew 10, Jesus is sending out his disciples and he's telling them, hey, I, now I want you, I've been preaching, I've been sharing, you've been watching me, the kingdom of heaven is here, I'm going, I'm preaching, I'm teaching, I'm healing, now I want you to do it. And he says, and proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You receive without paying, so I want you to give without pay. 
So that's your job description. This wasn't just the job description of the disciples. This is the job description for everybody that believes in Jesus, not just the original 12, all right? Jesus sent out the 12, then he sent out the 72, and then when he, before he ascends into heaven, he gives the great commission, right? We are all called to do this, okay? It's not somebody that is employed by a church. It's not somebody that's got a degree in theology, and unfortunately, some of the people that have degree in theology, you can have more degrees than Fahrenheit and not have any faith, okay? There's some people that read the word of God and they just study it and they take a look at it and they're like, oh, that was a neat book and they put it down as if they're reading like Chronicles of Narnia. No, the Bible is the holy word of God and it has life. There's power in the word of God, but you have to apply the faith. You can't just read it. You need to read it and apply it in your life. So proclaim as you go, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. So can we all agree that Jesus said this? It's in the Bible, right? Can we all agree that Jesus wants us to heal the sick? Can we all believe that Jesus said that we actually, if he told you to do it, you've got the power to do it. Can we all agree that Jesus said, go raise the dead? Can we all agree that we can cleanse the lepers, skin diseases actually, cast out demons? You have the ability to cast out demons. The other day I was pulling up my car and I was doing something at the bank and there was this guy that was walking by me and he was kind of clearly out of his mind and uh, in you know drugs or something, and I began to just pray in the spirit. And I just began to pray in the spirit and cast that out. I, I was actually on a phone call, and I put the phone on mute, and the person's talking, and I'm like watching this guy walk, and I'm and as I'm walking, I'm cast, and I'm like you know whatever 30, 40 yards from it. And as I begin to say in the name of Jesus, come out of him. I kid you not, the guy's walking, and all of a sudden he looks right at me in my car, and I thought, ooh, I struck a nerve. I say, get out of him in the name of Jesus, you know? And, you, you know, keep on going, and I got Ryan going to the bank. You have power in the name of Jesus, okay? John 14, 12. <laughs> Very truly, I tell you, Jesus said this, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. They will do even greater things. Jesus said that. Jesus is like, hey, guys, you've been watching me do all this stuff, it's pretty impressive. They're like, it's impressive. We've never seen anything like this. And he says, greater things than you're gonna do. He noticed Jesus didn't say, greater things than I've said, you're gonna say. He said, greater things than I've done, you're gonna do. And Jesus had this beautiful uh, a presentation of the complete gospel. There was the proclamation of the word of God and a demonstration of the power of God. Jesus came and to convince people that he was the Messiah, he not only proclaimed, but he demonstrated. It would be prideful for me, it is the pride of any man, any woman, it is the pride of people to say, I can convince you with words alone and not with the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't even do that. Jesus was so convinced that you needed to see the demonstration that I have power and authority over sickness, over demons, over this, I'm gonna help you believe. He didn't do it to put on a magic show. He did it, he's like, I'm gonna help your unbelief. I'm gonna show you something you never saw before. Rise up and walk. Blind eyes be healed. Mute spirit come out. Deaf ears be opened, right? Everywhere he went, the power of God went with him and he says to you and I, hey, you guys need to do likewise. So there's the proclamation and the demonstration. Here's the challenge that we face primarily in the Western church culture. We got a lot of proclamation. Man, we're so good. Oh man, that word, that preacher, I heard this podcast and these da 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 and this crazy revelation and it was so good. That's awesome. But if all you're doing is proclaiming and not demonstrating, that's a problem. Every year at Vanguard University, they have students that come and some of them will take theology courses and I've met a few of the theology majors. And, and what I like to tell the theology major, 
never stop sharing the gospel. Once you, start, once you stop sharing the gospel, you just become one of those fat Christians that's got all this knowledge that can quote chapter and verse and scripture here and Greek and Hebrew and ba 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 ba. That's awesome. You just don't walk in the power of God. And that's not what Jesus wants you to do. He, 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 he wants you to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Paul said, I didn't come with wise and persuasive words. I came with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. So now in our, in our Western church world, we've had generations that have grown up and they've heard some of the best preaching from some of the most incredible communicators, but they never saw the demonstration of the Spirit's power. And so they've left the church. This new generation that's rising up, they don't wanna just hear what you say, they wanna see. They wanna see it in action. I wanna see it in action. I wanna see it in my own life. I remember when I got saved and I was just on fire for God. I mean, I was raised Catholic and I never saw really the power of God in my awesome Catholic church and my priest was amazing, awesome guy, but I just never saw the power. So I get saved and I'm just like, Lord, your word says it and you know what? I was just stupid enough to believe that God's word was true. And so like, I just like read it and I'm like, lay hands on the sick and they'll get, they'll get well. Okay, so here I am, and, and I, I, I wake up one morning, and I feel like the Lord told me, Jeff, I want you to uh, take a day off from work today. I had vacation time. He said, take a day off from work today, and I just want you to spend time with me. So I call in, hey, can I have the day off? Sure, you got PTO, go for it. So I take the day off, and I'm praying, and God says, I want you to go down to the hospital today. I'm like, okay. So I get dressed up, and I have no idea what I'm doing. I just get dressed up and go down there, and and, you know, because I'm like young 20-something. And like, I mean, I was a late bloomer, so I'm like, you know, whatever, 23 years old, I think, at this time. And I like barely shave, right? You know, like once a week, you know, maybe at that. And so I look really young. And so I walk up into the, into the hospital, and I'm like, Lord, I don't know what you want me to do. And as I start walking up to the hospital, I just felt 10 feet tall and bulletproof, praying in the Holy Spirit. And I walk up, and I'm like, where, where are we going? And the Holy Spirit leads me. I walk in there, and I'm literally, I'm looking at the person greeting everybody, the receptionist, and I'm thinking, what am I doing here? And I said, hi. They said, hi, how can we help you? And I said, I'm here to pray for somebody. <laughs> and they're like, oh, that's sweet. We actually have a chaplain at the hospital. I'm like, okay. I said, is there anybody here, though, that you know that needs prayer? And they said, I don't know. You know there's some you know, people up in the emergency room, maybe go there. So I go up to the emergency room and go in there, and, and I'm praying, and I'm believing you know, for, for healings and what have you, and I meet this family, and that family there, they were all gathered because a son and daughter, uh, they were older, they were in their 40s, but uh, the parents were there in, in grieving because they were in a coma and it didn't look good, like they were gonna die, and we, we all grabbed hands and we prayed, and I, I said, hey, I'm a minister of the gospel, which I was. I was not ordained in any sense of the word except from Jesus. Jesus commissioned me, and we're all called to be ministers, so I just said, I'm a minister of the gospel. Can I pray with you? And they're like, yes, please, that would be great. You know, when people are desperate, they'll accept prayer. If somebody's got pride and they're not really serious about it, don't get hung up on that. Go ahead and pray for them if they let you pray for them. If they don't, hey, walk away, give your prayer to somebody else, right? And so I said, can I pray for you? They said, yeah. So we pray for them, we pray for the situation. They said, will you come in the room and pray for our daughter, she's in a coma. And I said, yeah, I'll come in the room and we'll pray for your daughter that's in a coma. So we go in, I lay my hand on her, on her, on her, on her leg and we're all praying around the bed and they're like, pray, man, like do your thing, you know? So I'm, I'm, I'm praying and, and I'm, I'm, I'm praying, I'm getting worked up, man, and as we're praying, I kid you not, her brain waves start going crazy on the, on the, the reader there. And, and I'm like, she's gonna rise up and everything else and then the doctor kind of comes in, he's like, guys, we gotta do some stuff, blah, 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 you guys need to leave, so we walk out 
And there was a man there that was part of their family. And I said, hey, I said, hey before we pray anymore, uh, is there anybody here that, that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus that wants to get right with Jesus? And the, and the uncle said, I, I, don't, I need to get right with Jesus. And this guy's like in his 70s. And he was a little bit kind of cantankerous, I could tell, you know, kind of hard life, a little bit, uh, you know, opposed to people and situations, just kind of seemed a little bit like a hermit, right? Like, I don't really like people. And, um, and so I said, all right, man, let's pray. So I led him in the prayer of salvation, hugged him, and everything's great, and I leave. And the next day, I call up to the hospital, and I wanted to check on her. And they said, oh, she passed away last night. And I, and I remember feeling like so stupid. And I had this conversation with God. I'm like, God, I went there. I'm like screaming my bloody head off for this woman to rise up and be healed. Like I'm praying loud. I'm like, be healed in the name of Jesus. Rise up, you know. And then she didn't get healed. Now all those people are going to look at me like I'm some idiot, you know. And God said, I didn't send you there for her. She was already saved. I sent you there for that uncle that, didn't, that wasn't walking with me. And so you don't know what God's going to do when you just simply say yes. But Jesus said, greater works than these that I've done, you're gonna do. And we need that proclamation and the demonstration. Think about this, when Jesus called Peter, thank you, babe, when Jesus called Peter, uh, Peter was standing, listening to Jesus' sermon. But when he saw a demonstration, he was at his feet. The proclamation can get people's attention, but man, that demonstration, it grabbed Peter's heart. And his life was forever changed. We need a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit, Amen. All right, so we're going to take a look at a, a passage of Scripture. It's the healing of a man at the pool of Bethesda. It's John chapter 5, 1 through 15. This is a famous passage of Scripture, John chapter 5, verses 1 through 15. And I'm going to go through this, and we're going to jump into some application of this. John 5, 1 through 15. It says, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, paralyzed, waiting for a move of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. Somebody say 38. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, Jesus goes to him and says, do you want to be made well? What an odd question. Why wouldn't he want to be made well? Sometimes, you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Sometimes we can go get so comfortable in our sickness. We can get so comfortable in a sin. We can get so comfortable, well, this is just the way it is, that we have a hard time believing for anything different. So Jesus challenges that thought. He said, do you, do you really want to be made well? Do you really want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down from before me. And Jesus looks at him and he says, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well. So he took up his bed and he walked. And that day it was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, It's the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to carry your bed. Mind-blowing. Some people can get so focused on these little details that they miss, they miss the big picture. That's, that's religion. Religion gets so focused on all these little nitty-gritty that they miss the big picture of what God is doing. Verse 11, and he answered them, this is the man who had been cured. He said, he who made 
me well, said to me, take up your bed and walk. In other words, the guy's like, it, he, if he had the power to heal me, I'm guessing it's okay for me to just take my bed and walk. I haven't done this for 38 years. I don't care what day it is. I'm taking up my bed and I'm walking out of here. Then they asked him, who is the man who said that to you? Take up your bed and walk. But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. After Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you have been made well. And then Jesus says this, and he says this numerous times to people. He says, sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. And it's as if Jesus is saying, hey, look, sin separates you from God, so sometimes your prayers don't get answered because you push yourself away and you have unrepented sin in your life when he wants close relationship more with you than anything he could do for you. He wants you to receive the ultimate thing that he did for you, which is salvation so that you could have a right relationship with God. And it says in verse 15, the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. I titled this message, Jesus Heals. Simply, Jesus Heals. Jesus did heal, he still heals, he will always heal, he is the great healer. What he did 2,000 years ago, he's still doing to this day. And in our short time together, before we have a moment of activation, where we're actually gonna pray for people to be healed today, um, I just have three key thoughts. So for those of you that are taking notes, and I hope we all t are taking notes in some, some way or fashion, Three, three key thoughts that I want to give you today. Number one, God has the power to heal you. He has the power to heal you. Number two, and I hope you've seen it in the scriptures we've just looked at, not only can he heal you, he wants to heal you. He has the desire to heal you. And number three, you can receive your healing today. God has the power to heal you. God has the desire to heal you. You can today, right here in Needham Chapel, you can receive your healing. Somebody say amen. Isaiah 53, verse five, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes, we are healed. Based on what Jesus did, you can receive your healing. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes should not perish but have everlasting life. What's the opposite of perishing? Flourishing, right? If something's perishing, it's dying. If it's, if it's alive, it's flourishing, right? Jesus wants you to have a life that's flourishing. He doesn't want you to be hindered by sickness, pain in your body. He doesn't want you to be hindered by anxiety or depression. He doesn't want you to be hindered by diabetes or whatever uh, incurable disease you might be facing. Jesus said in John 10, 10, he said, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came, why? That they may have life and have it abundantly. What does abundant life look like to you? It looks like health and wholeness, right? Abundant life looks like somebody who's, who's wise, yet they're humble. An abundant life looks like somebody who may be prosperous, but they're so generous that it's not about their prosperity. It's about all about the generosity because he who's been given must realize that that has been given by God to be a blessing to others. Matthew 14, 14 says this, and when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and he healed their sick. He healed them, he was moved by compassion. As Jesus people, we need to know it's God's will to heal. And God uses you and I to be a conduit of that healing. Some people are like, well, I believe God can, but is he willing? I'm so glad you asked that. Because Mark 1.41 says this, says Jesus moved with compassion. He stretched out his hand and touched him. There's the laying on of hands. There's a physical touch. There's a moment of activation there. He stretched out his hand and touched him and said to the man, 
I am willing. Be cleansed. Not only can God heal you, he wants to heal you. Isaiah 53, 4, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. God can heal depression, anxiety, mental illness. It's throughout the Bible. We've seen it throughout our congregation. God has healed minds and set people free. 1 Peter 2.24 says this, He who bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that's Jesus, that we, having died to sins, might live for, for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. All right? If you were healed, then you are healed. All right? So I want you to get the picture. For you, it might feel like, well, I'm getting healed, but heaven doesn't look at time the way you and I look like at time. Heaven is like, no, 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 you, 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 you were healed. Well, say, but, but I'm not healed right now. Heaven is saying, no, 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 you were healed. When, when Jesus went to the cross, you were healing. Now you're activating it, and, and you're, you're casting out that sickness, and you're now walking in wholeness. So we need to declare that over my life. Declare your healing. I, I never, when, I, when I'm not feeling well, I'm not, I'm not declaring sickness over my life. I don't receive it. I've had weird diagnoses and things like that, like many of you probably had, and I just did not receive it. I was told that I wasn't gonna be a good reader when I was young. They're like, you're dyslexic, and it's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm left-handed. I'm super blessed because left-handed people are the only ones in our right brain, right? And so I was ambidextrous. But they're like, no, you, you know, and the nuns are like, you know, Catholic school, they're like, you need to learn to write right-handed. It's like, it's not working. The left hand works better. But though I play guitar right-handed, I bat right-handed, I play golf right-handed, but when I write, it's left-handed, right? And when I throw a ball, it's left-handed. I know, it's confusing, it's, it's unique. My mom made she might have dropped me on my head when I was a kid. But why am I sharing all these scriptures? Because I want you to be fully convinced. Like it said in Romans 4.21, being fully convinced that what Jesus had promised that he was also able to perform. I, I, I'm, I'm sharing these scriptures because we know that faith comes by hearing it. And my hope and my prayer is that as we're sitting in this moment surrounded by other people of faith, that faith is rising. Like faith is a contagion. Ever get in the, in, the, in the company of somebody that just has faith for something and you're just like, man, I just love being in their presence. I, I, I enjoy their time, but man, and I know if I need prayer, I can go to this person. I know that I can go to this person. Psalms 107 verse 20 said, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. That's why it's so important to get into the word of God and to declare, like this healing card, declare the word of God over your circumstances and situations through your confession and your profession of faith, the word of God is alive and active and it goes forth, it does not return void. So you start to declare those things over your life and those things that aren't soon they become. So again, God has the power to heal you, God has the desire to heal you, you can receive your healing today. Psalms 147, verse three. And the healing's not just for the body, it's for the soul. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Anybody ever had a broken heart? Anybody ever experienced loss of a relationship or grief or what have you, just pain? And it's just like, man, you know, there's, 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 there's some kind of weariness and tiredness that sleep just doesn't cure. And, and Jesus is saying, not only your physical stuff, mobility, I actually want to heal that area as well. That's how good I am. That's, I have healing. I, I, I have healing that'll get to places medicine can't touch. Let me 
Be the Lord of your life. Let me touch that area of your life. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. We're called to pray for each other that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power in its working. If you're right with God, if you, if you're right, how do you know you're righteous? If you're right with God. If you're right with God, you're, you're, you're righteous. How do you know you're right with God? Because you've placed your faith, you believe in the Lord Jesus. You've received him as your Lord and Savior. Therefore, you're walking now in the righteousness of Christ. So you're not looked at through the, through the lens of the things that you've done in your life. Literally, you're looked at through the lens of what Jesus paid for your life. And you're now righteous. So all to say, you have power in your prayers. Yeah, it's great. And we'll, we'll have like in James, it talks about call the elders of the church together and pray the prayer of faith and the sick person will be made. I get it. We're going to do that. But I want you to know you don't have to wait for Sunday. It, you, you can activate your faith on Monday. You can activate it in the middle of the night. You can activate it when somebody posts on Facebook that they're facing a sickness. Hey, uh, I'm going through this situation. You can activate your faith when you see the ambulance race by your car. All my kids, as soon as we see the ambulance race past our car, we're first responders in our family, we call it. We're first responders and we start to pray. God, guide them to wherever they need to go. Protect those firemen, the people in the ambulance, the people they're going to save. Keep them alive until they get there. If they don't know Jesus, let them know Jesus, God. We're praying for a miracle. God, we pray blessing upon them as they go, right? You can activate your faith at any moment in time. You don't have to wait for moments like this. If you're righteous, if you're right before God, there is power in your prayers, amen. All right, well, I'm gonna jump down to this. We're gonna show a short clip of a video from the Chosen series. And in, in what we just read about the healing of the man at the pool of Bethesda, um, the Chosen series, they, they depicted this. If you're not familiar with the Chosen series, basically it's a, it's, a, it's a mini series on the life and times of Jesus. And it's, it's an artist rendition, okay? Um, now, a lot of it's scripturally based, just so you know that, but we don't look to an artist rendition for doctrine. We look to the Word of God for doctrine, okay? So this is an artist rendition of the story that we just read with the Pool of Bethesda. And, and as you watch this, I, I just want you to think, Lord, what you've done here, what I just read about, what I'm seeing right here, God, do it again in my day. And I'm praying that faith is gonna rise in our hearts as we watch this. Go ahead and let's show the clip. Shalom. Me. Yes. Shalom. I have a question for you. For me. I don't have many answers, but I'm listening. Do you want to be healed? Who are you? We'll get to that later. But my question remains. Will you take me to the water? <laughs> Look, I'm having a really bad day. You've been having a bad day for a long time. So? Sir, I have no one 
to help me into the water when it's stirred up. And when I do get close, the others step down in front of me. And so... Look at me. Look at me. That's not what I asked. I'm not asking you about who's helping you, or who's not helping, or who's getting in your way. I'm asking about you. <laughs> I've tried. For a long time, I know. And you don't want false hope again, I understand. But this pool, it has nothing for you. It means nothing. And you know it. But you're still here. Why? I don't know. You don't need this pool. You only need me. So, do you want to be healed? So let's go. Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Like he said, don't forget your bed. Why does this matter? Because you're not coming back here. That life is over. Everything changes now. Yo! It's Shabbat. What are you doing? Torah forbids carrying a mat on Shabbat? Not Torah, the oral tradition. Yes. Transporting objects from one domain to another violates Shabbat. The man who healed me. Do you me. not realize what just happened here? Why are you trying to make this about Shabbat? He said to me, take up your bed and walk. Who did? Who told you that? He did. I, I don't know. He didn't tell me his name. No. Of course not. He performs a magic trick and tells you to commit a sin. A false prophet. This will be reported. You report whatever you want. I'm standing on two legs. <laughs> Come on, is that awesome? I'm going to have Kara join me up front on the piano at this time. And we're going to have a time of activation. 
James chapter 5, James, most theologians agree that this is the brother of Jesus. How many know it's hard to convince your brother of anything? <laughs> Siblings. But if he believed that Jesus was the Messiah, his own brother, you can rest assured Jesus was who he says he was, right? When, a, when your brother will say, yeah, you're the Messiah. <laughs> so Jesus gives some instruction through, through James here. James writes, it says, is any of you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. I remember reading that years ago as I started my journey with the Lord. And I just believe God at his word. There was a young man, I was a youth pastor early on because when you're young and you're excited about ministry, that's usually where they put you. <laughs> so I'm with these junior high students and high school students and I had one kid in my youth group and he was quiet and recluse and was kind of a shy kid. And uh, his name was David. We were praying for different things and I said, hey guys, we're just gonna pray for healing today. Does anybody need a healing? David had these thick old glasses on and had like no peripheral vision, you know, and as a growing gangly teenager, you, you, know, you already, already feel a little bit uncomfortable in your own skin. And David, in just the purest sense, he said, um, could you pray for my eyes to be healed? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm thinking in my mind, couldn't it have been like a sprained finger or something? Like, why has it got to be this kid's eyes? And he had crossed eyes, you know, when he took his glasses off. Let's do it. Uh, David, let's get the anointing oil. And we just anointed David with oil. And I'm like, all right, guys, this is what the Bible says. Is this what the Bible says? They're like, yeah, let's pray for David. So we lay our hands on David. I put my hands on his eyes. And I just, Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus' name, these eyes become uncrossed take my hands off. Sure enough, kids' eyes, I was shocked. I just about fell out of my chair. Like, you know, and all the students were like, what in the world? Then there was a girl that was like, I broke my fingers playing volleyball and she's got a splint on her fingers. Will you pray for my fingers? We pray for her fingers. The swelling goes down right before my eyes, black and blue, gone, totally healed, has flexibility. But the Lord didn't stop there. He actually, she was going to go in for root canal surgery and they were worried because some of the roots from her wisdom teeth are, were wrapped around certain nerves. And if they were going and removing teeth, they were worried that they would cut that and she would lose feeling in an area of her tongue. She went in the next week. We prayed for her fingers. We didn't even pray for that. She went in the next week and they're like, this is weird, but you're, the, the roots aren't tangled around that nerve anymore. And so she like verified, right? Amazing. We had this other kid that was part of the, the crew of kids there. And we never saw him in youth group because he was battling leukemia. So his parents came to the church, but nobody ever knew Patrick. And I heard that he was in the hospital and his parents were pretty desperate. They were newer to the church and they were told that he just has a few weeks to live and that this is the late stages of leukemia and there's no cure. I said, let's just go down and see what God would do. Why not? What do we have to lose? 
So we went down every Sunday after service. And the first Sunday we prayed for him, yes and amen. No real change. Second Sunday we went down and prayed for him, yes and amen. No real change. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth Sunday. No real change, but he's still alive. He was supposed to be dead. They said six weeks max. Six months later, Patrick got up out of that hospital bed and walked out never to return. Totally healed of leukemia. And we've seen countless and countless stories. And even in this own house, we've seen shoulders healed, we've seen legs healed, we've seen skin diseases healed. We have some friends of ours that visited from out of town. Their little girl had really bad diabetes healed. Whatever you're struggling with, the healer's in the room today. So we're gonna have a time of prayer and I just, there's some areas here for healing that I just threw up for a reference. It doesn't stop on this list. I just put together a list of stuff when you're sitting here wondering, it's not just the cancer patient that gets healed. Yes, that's awesome. But God wants to heal if you got a common cold, he wants to heal that. That's not common in the kingdom of heaven, right? There is no sickness that's allowed in heaven. So whatever you might have walked in here with today, we're believing that you're going to walk out without it, that it's going to be taken away from you in Jesus' name. And we're not begging God for healing. No, we're casting out sickness and the power that's been given to us as believers in Christ, okay? It's not like you're begging God, God, give me this. No, no, no. You were healed, right? We already read that in, in Peter. You were healed by his stripes. So now we're going to activate our faith and we're going to walk in it. And I'm going to invite the prayer team to come up front right now. So prayer team, if you could just make your way up to the front on the sides. We're going to have a time. Kara's going to lead us in some worship. And we're going to sing that song, Healer. And we're going to believe for your healing today. But if you need healing for any area, if there's an incurable sickness that you're dealing with, come forward. If you have a skin issue, the reason that my wife and I met was her roommate that she was living with before she knew Jesus. Her roommate had come, and this girl had skin a skin disease that broke out in her body like psoriasis and she came we prayed for her she literally went into the bathroom checked herself and she was miraculously healed she's like I cannot believe this she gave her life to Jesus and then she went home and told Fawn about it and a month, few months later Fawn gets saved comes to the church and I've been grateful ever since <laughs> the healers in the room today if you have diabetes, God wants to heal you. If you're battling anxiety and depression today, I'm telling you, God wants to heal you. He wants to set you free from that. If you're dealing with a broken heart and grief, God wants to heal you. If you have any physical crippling ailments, He wants you to be healed. He wants you to be able to walk and not feel pain. If you have asthma, allergies, thyroid issues, if, you, if you're dealing with blindness, deaf, mute, Jesus healed them all. Blood issues, Jesus wants to heal you. Digestive issues, Jesus wants to heal you today. So we're gonna have a time of prayer. Why don't we just all stand to our feet right now. And if you need prayer for healing for anything, come forward, make your way up front. And if you're here today and you have a loved one, you have a loved one that needs healing, come and stand in the gap for them today. Let's pray with you. We have anointing oil like we just read about in the book of James. And we're gonna anoint you with oil. And we're gonna pray the prayer of faith. And we're believing the sick person is gonna be made well today in Jesus' name. And there's no, we're not just gonna sit here and watch. There's no bystanders. You are all being activated today. And I want you to be intercessors. If you don't need healing in your body, then you intercede for those that are coming up front. 
and you believe for their healing today. Can we do that, church? Amen. Amen. So God, we just pray for your healing touch. We pray for your supernatural healing touch right now in the name of Jesus for these people that are coming forward to receive their healing today. Jesus, we believe that what you did 2,000 years ago, you can do it again. We believe that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so in the mighty name of Jesus, we just declare healing over every person that's here in the name of Jesus. Right now, we just anoint them with oil, and we pray the prayer of faith, believing that the sick will be made well. We pray for strength in the body, strength and wholeness right now. In Jesus' name, we pray for healing right now. We pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to move right now in this service. In Jesus' name, we just lift up these people that are coming forward, and we declare healing over their lives. In the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for setting free, making whole. God, I thank you, Father, for reforming ligaments, tendons. You're strengthening back and body and mobility issues in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that you're removing, you're changing things around. God, in Jesus' name, we're just we're believing that depression is gone, anxiety is gone, mental illness is gone. In Jesus' name, we declare the healer is in the room today, and we declare healing over your body. We cast out sickness right now in the name of Jesus. We declare healing and mobility right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for your power of healing. Thank you for strengthening these bodies, God. Strengthen their bodies, God. Strengthen their bodies in Jesus' name. Healing to this body in the name of Jesus. We just speak healing over this body in the name of Jesus. We declare this body to hear the word of the Lord and be healed in Jesus' name. We declare the word of the Lord over you. We declare healing over every person in here in the name of Jesus. Jesus, I thank you that you went about and you healed all. You healed all. So we declare healing in Jesus' name. We receive our healing. We reach out and we take our healing. We take hold of healing today in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for healing. I thank you for strengthening this body in the name of Jesus, strengthening this back in Jesus' name. Right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, healing, total healing, total manifestation of healing in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. We declare healing, health, and wholeness right now in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Go ahead and take the oil. Yeah. We're just going to pass around the anointing oil right now. We're just going to pray for healing for every person. Come on, keep praying, church. In Jesus' name, we just declare healing right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.